Monday, April 23rd, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado, where it is starting to look more and more like spring here in the Rocky Mountains. Hey, we are back again this Monday to discuss the world of sports with a dose, hopefully some common sense, maybe just a little bit of sarcasm. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. You know, it's a solid weekend in sports. We've got the NBA playoffs going. We've got the Stanley Cup playoffs going. We've got Major League Baseball rolling along. We had some racing. We had some boxing. We had a few things going on this weekend. If you'd like to contact the show, let us know how you spent your weekend. We would love to hear about the things that you may have done. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. You've got a comment, got a suggestion, maybe you have a question for us. We would love to hear from you. Today on the show, we are going to be looking at both the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and just kind of gauging where those series are at right now. It's kind of funny. You have all these different series going and it's easy to kind of lose track of where each one of them is at. Maybe you've been glued to one. Maybe you've kind of lost track of the other. We're going to catch you up on all of those today. Plus, we do have a little bit of breaking news that we want to discuss. We've got a few kind of crazy stories coming out we want to discuss. First and foremost, let's get to that breaking news. Now, it might sound like insanity to most of us, but the University of Central Florida unveiled a 2017 national champion sign before their spring game on Saturday, keeping a promise that their athletic director, Danny White, made after the Knights finished last season undefeated and then beat Auburn in the bowl game. A few minutes before their kickoff on Saturday of their inner squad scrimmage, the video board played season highlights, then another video with clips from Central Florida's 34-27 win over Auburn in that Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl that capped their 13-0 season. Then they had a black tarp covering the sign And it was uncovered at Spectrum Stadium to huge cheers from the crowd, of course. Now, White made national headlines after UCF won that game because he said he was going to declare the Knights national champions as the only undefeated team in all of FBS football. He promised parades. He said there were going to be banners. He said they were going to have rings, the whole bit. And they are doing all of it. Like Central Florida is acting like they won the national championship. I mean, I guess. Do what you want. I don't know couple other things coming out. In a related story, the Clemson Tigers, who also beat Auburn back in September, announced that they too are naming themselves national champions. <laughs> Head coach Dabo Swinney said in a statement released yesterday that he hadn't realized beating Auburn was the qualifying standard. But now that he knows, the Tigers are going to go ahead and hold a parade, have a sign, have a banner, get rings, the whole bit. I mean, I guess that's just kind of what they're doing these days, right? In another related story, the LSU Tigers announced yesterday that they are also hanging a national championship banner in Tiger Stadium. Head coach and resident Cajun man Ed Orgeron said in an interview over the weekend that they too had beat Auburn this past October. And as he is more than a little worried about his job, he thought, what better time to hang a championship banner and just declare that LSU is the national champs? When asked... What the point of any of this fake championship stuff was, Ed Orgeron replied with a very simple answer. Celebration. Ugh, kind of getting sick of all this. Okay, last related story, I guess. Yes, 
it looks like the Georgia Bulldogs have also named themselves college football national champions too. Head coach Kirby Smart says that since they blew out Auburn in the SEC championship game 28-7, to he feels like it's only obvious that Georgia is the national champion, despite the fact that they lost the college football national championship to Alabama in January. If beating Auburn is the measuring stick, then let the record show that we beat the mess out of Auburn at the SEC championship game. I think it's obvious based on that game, we are the true national champions. We're going to be ordering rings, ordering a banner, getting a few players arrested in the offseason like all true national champions do. That's what Smart said on Sunday. You know, I'm not sure that I care for this trend. And since when did beating Auburn become a deciding factor for anything? It's all kind of weird to me. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like the Central Florida acting like they're the national champions and we're just going to pretend we're the only undefeated team. Well, yeah, any team could be undefeated if they didn't play anyone all year. I don't know if I care for this pretending stuff. Like, don't we get enough pretending stuff from the NCAA? I mean, we hear the NCAA do this kind of stuff all the time. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Let's all pretend that USC didn't win the title, okay? We're all going to pretend. Are we all agreed on this? Okay. We're all going to pretend that Reggie Bush never won the Heisman. No, I know he did. I Yes, I know you remember it. Just go along with it, okay? That's what we're going to do. We're all, we're all going to pretend. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. We're all going to go along with this, okay? Now, we have what? Teams pretending they did win something? Are we supposed to play along with it too? Like, are we supposed to act like Central Florida really is the national champions? Oh, hey, they handed out rings. I guess they won it all. I don't know. Guess we're all just pretending now. I don't know if I like this. I mean, no thanks for me. I think I'm good on playing make-believe. Like, we play make-believe enough with, like, politics and stuff like that. This isn't Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I don't need to play make-believe in my sports and stuff, too. I think we can go ahead and stop pretending. Like, Central Florida, it's cute. Oh, yeah, you guys won the national championship. (laughs) Are we really supposed to act like that actually happened? You didn't win anything. You beat Auburn, a team that really didn't care to be in the Peach Bowl. No one cares about that. I guess it's cute if you think it's super funny or whatever. But other than that, I'm kind of over all the pretend national championship stuff. Hey, coming back, we are going to be taking a look at the NBA and the NHL playoff series that are going on right now. Where do each of these series stand and how are they going? We're going to recap each of them today on The Daily Dose. So we do have right now in the spring... Two major pro sports postseasons just rolling along. And we just kind of wanted to recap where each one of them stand right now. Because like I said, maybe you haven't kept up on every single series. So we're going to recap them each briefly. And no, I'm not going to go into like deep detail. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to be breaking down the penalty kill of the Columbus Blue Jackets or anything like that. But we'll just kind of let you know how things are standing so far. Mostly... So that if there is a game and you might not know that maybe it's going to a game seven or maybe it's going to a deciding game five, you could tune in and kind of check it out and be like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this. Maybe I'll tune in and check it out. So let's go into the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Starting off in the East, we have that goofy seeding system. So like over in the NBA, it's simple. You say, okay, the one versus the eight, two versus the seven, three versus six, four versus five. In the NHL, they went to that goofy playoff seed, whatever it is. And now you have each division gets three teams and then a couple. I don't know exactly how this all breaks down. But bottom line, I think 
the Tampa Bay Lightning were the top seed, and maybe the New Jersey Devils were the lowest seed getting in. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. The Lightning have proven to just be way too much for the young New Jersey Devils in this series. Their offense just keeps coming at you. And New Jersey just isn't mature enough or talented enough to slow them down. Tampa won the series in five games over the weekend. And now the Tampa Bay Lightning are sitting around and waiting for the winner of the next series. Now, that is going to be the winner of the Boston Bruins versus Toronto Maple Leaf series. And this series has been a little bit tighter than the first one we just talked about. It didn't look like it was going to be tight. It looked like Boston was just going to blow Toronto out early. The Bruins defense, just they completely clamped down on the Maple Leafs in game one and two. In games one and two. And Boston won those first two games of this series by a combined score of 12 to four. But the Maple Leafs have bounced back. They won game three, but then Boston won game four. They put Toronto on the brink of being eliminated. I thought they would actually finish them off on Saturday, but somehow Toronto pulls out a win. This series is now three to two in favor of Boston and game six is tonight in Toronto. Can the Maple Leafs somehow find a way to get another win and force a game seven? Yes, they'd have to go to Boston to do it, but anything can happen in a game seven. Three, two in favor of Boston. This is a very, very good series. Again, not a bad series if you want to watch it. Next series over in the East, we've got the Washington Capitals versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. We know that Washington sports teams are cursed, right? I mean, I think it's because of where they're located and the horrible things that go on in our nation's capital. And, you know, the Capitals were actually proving that they were cursed when they lost both home games to start this series. Game one and game two, Columbus goes into Washington and gets the win. But since then, everything's kind of gone sideways. Down 0-2, Washington has actually won three games in a row. And tonight in Columbus, they could eliminate the Blue Jackets and actually advance to the second round of the playoffs. What? I can't believe I'm even saying that, but it could happen. Or Washington is going to do what they usually do and completely choke tonight and then lose the deciding game seven at home. Yeah, that actually sounds a little more likely, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like more what a Washington team would do? Doesn't matter. It could be Capitals. It could be Redskins. It could be Nationals. That's just kind of what a Washington team would do, isn't it? We'll keep an eye on how this one goes tonight. Our final series in the East, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Pittsburgh Penguins. Hey, they're still in the hunt. They closed out the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday, 8-5. to five, And their offense, it just seems like they are heating up at exactly the right time. Now, they get to sit back and wait for the winner of that Washington-Columbus series. The Penguins, they're going to be right in the thick of this again, aren't they? You think... Maybe this won't be the year. They're getting a little bit older. Yes, they won it all last year. No, they're still going to be right there. Moving over to the Western Conference in the NHL. As the top seed, the Nashville Predators finally closed out the, what else can you call them? The pain in the butt Colorado Avalanche. They did it last night, eliminating the Avs with a five to nothing whooping. But it did take Nashville six games to close out the youngest team in the NHL. And I'm not sure if I should get excited about my Colorado Avalanche team or if I should start having some concerns about these Predators going forward. I still think they are the class of the league. But I do want to see 
how they are going to look going forward against our next team. Next series over in the West, we have the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, the Jets did not mess around with the Minnesota Wild. Winnipeg eliminated the Wild in just five games. That series is now over. The Winnipeg Jets win their first postseason series since 2007 when they were still the Atlanta Thrashers. Now, like I said before this series, the Jets do have some serious offense. They are giving the country of Canada some hope that maybe, just maybe, the Stanley Cup could return to America's hat. Can it happen? I don't know. But at least Canada has something to cheer for. I don't think they have a whole lot of faith in the Maple Leafs. But hey, Winnipeg, they've got a shot. That's a pretty talented team. Also going on in the West was the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Los Angeles Kings. And you know, this series is over. But this series was closer than you might think a four-game sweep would be. Vegas won each game by just one single goal. Game two in this series went to double overtime. You know, with their balance and the way that they play defense, hey, the Vegas Golden Knights, they are a sneaky pick. They could win this whole thing. They are capable of winning with that defense, with that depth in their lines, while everyone else is busy talking about the Nashvilles or the Tampas or the Bostons or whoever it is. Don't sleep on Vegas. That team is really, really talented, and I watched a little bit of them against the Kings. That's a good team that could sneak through and just win the whole thing. Going to be fun to keep an eye on this team. It's their first year. They're an expansion team doing really, really good things. But that was a closer series than it might have looked. You look at it and say, that's four-game sweep. It was closer than it looked. That was a tight series. Final series in the NHL playoffs, we have the San Jose Sharks versus the Anaheim Ducks. Not the Mighty Ducks, just the Ducks. Now, you know, this in-state rivalry, it has produced some really memorable playoff series. There have been very, very good Sharks-Ducks playoff series. Yeah, this wasn't one of them, though. Anaheim looked old. They looked slow. And the Sharks took them out in four games by a combined score of 16-4. to Now, we're going to see San Jose move on to play Vegas in that second round as they all kind of have to wait for everyone else to catch up because both of those series are done. The Stanley Cup playoffs, they've started off a little bit slow in terms of really, really close games, but it seems like the second round should get a lot tighter, and it seems like the second half of the first round has gotten tighter too. Stanley Cup playoff hockey is so much fun to watch. It is so intense. It is so crazy. When every shift matters, every drop of the puck matters, every faceoff matters, I know that the beginning of these playoffs, a lot of blowouts, not really that close of games. We had a couple series that went to overtime or whatever, but for the most part, there were a lot of blowouts. It's starting to get better, and this next round is going to be very, very entertaining. Okay, let's move over to the NBA playoffs because we've seen some upsets. We've seen some buzzer beaters. We have seen more than a few surprises over in the NBA. Let's take a look at how each of these series is shaping up as well. Start off over in the West. We have the number one Houston Rockets facing the number eight Minnesota Timberwolves. And if I'm being completely honest here, I have been a little bit underwhelmed by the Houston Rockets so far. Yes, they lead their seven-game series with Minnesota 2-1. to But I really thought... With all the inconsistencies of the Timberwolves and how bad they have looked on both sides of the ball, they don't always play hard defensively. They don't always play well offensively. They really, really struggle to execute any offense. I, honestly, I thought Houston might sweep them 
looking at this series, Houston is a little bit lucky to be up two to one. They could be down two to one. James Harden starts off red hot in game one, has 44 points, didn't get a ton of help. Houston has to scrape by Minnesota to get that win. And since then, James Harden has gone a little cold. We know that Harden has had, deserved or not, a little bit of a reputation for falling short in the postseason. We know Chris Paul has a huge reputation for falling short in the postseason. That's not going to happen here, is it? Now, game four of this series is tonight in Minnesota. Houston needs to step up and put Minnesota down three to one because losing tonight, if it did go to two to two, and I don't expect it to, but if it does, it's just more energy that Houston is going to have to exert to get past an eight seed that had to kill themselves to even get in this thing by beating Denver in like a one game playoff. Minnesota can't hang with Houston, but right now they are. They're giving Houston at least a little bit of trouble. Got to finish this off tonight with two more tough series coming. You would think just to get out of the West, you can't afford to lose this game tonight. This is, I don't want to say must win, but I guess it's close to must win for a number one seed that has hopes of winning this whole thing. Houston needs to put their foot on the floor tonight and finish Minnesota off in their place and then go back home and, and close them out. If they spend any more time on Minnesota, they could be in some trouble. Moving on to the second playoff series in the West, we have the number two Golden State Warriors against the number seven San Antonio Spurs. You have to feel bad for San Antonio, right? I mean, first, they have the whole Kawhi Leonard soap opera thing going on. And I don't have any idea what to even think about that. I know what the media says. I know that you're starting now to hear grumbling from the Spurs when you're hearing Popovich say things like, I don't know, go talk to Kawhi's people. I don't know what's going on with him. When you hear some of Kawhi's teammates saying, we don't know what's going on with him. We've had guys on this team with an injury worse than that. And they came back and played. It kind of sounds like that relationship really, really is in some serious trouble. I don't know what's going on with that. But forget that for a minute. As bad as that is, the fact that they don't have their best player, not even close. Then you have head coach Greg Popovich's wife passing away last week. And then you have San Antonio forced to play the Golden State Warriors in the first round. And I know they're playing without Steph Curry, but Warriors are still pretty good. Now, yesterday, the Spurs pulled together to win one game. They were down 3 nothing. They could have been swept. San Antonio played tough. Wasn't always pretty, but they got the win to make the series 3-1. to They avoid the brooms. That's kind of nice. Doing the whole play one for Pop. Let's get a win for Mono Ginobili and extend his career. Talk about him retiring in the offseason. They found a way to get a win on Sunday. But you still look at San Antonio and just go, yeah, but you've still got major problems. And you might have held it off for one day. I don't think they can do it again. That might have been everything that they had to just get that one win. Golden State up 3-1 now going back to Golden State, and they can finish it all off tomorrow night. I would think that they would. You can see, though, it's kind of funny because we look at Golden State and we say, yeah, they've still got a ton of firepower. They do miss Steph Curry because he does so many different things for them. The way he distributes the ball, the way he moves the basketball, that stuff is just contagious, and they do miss Steph Curry. If they can get by San Antonio without him, I think they will probably be better off for it. Moving on to the next series in the West, we had the number three Portland Trailblazers going against the number six New Orleans Pelicans. Now, 
the Trailblazers were the three seed with guards Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum having these great regular seasons. Hey, they are going to plow through the undermanned Pelicans who have those horrible guards, but they do have Anthony Davis. But now in the playoffs, we see the New Orleans guards, Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo, deciding, and you can just kind of see them taking this personally and saying, no matter what happens in this series, it is going to be our personal mission to humiliate Lillard and McCollum and outplay them, and they did exactly that. Holiday and Rondo combined for 40 points a game, and the Pelicans sweep the Blazers for zip. You know, watching this series, and I did watch some of this series, Lillard and McCollum make me think of a game from my youth. And some of you might remember this. Some of you are old enough that you might remember this. Do you remember NBA Jam? You played it on like Nintendo, whatever Nintendo system. There was a few different ones, but you played it on Nintendo. Now, if you didn't play it, it was a two-on-two video game where you played full court against another NBA duo. I remember you could be like Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant against Tim Hardaway and, I don't know, Chris Mullen or somebody. That was the game. Two-on-two, you went full court, and the thing was, was that if you could hit three shots in a row, then you got hot, and all of a sudden, every shot you threw up would get in. You caught fire. You were on fire. You could just make, like, any shot you threw up. The Portland Trailblazers, watching them in the series, they would be a great NBA jam team. Like, if Lillard and McCollum are red hot, look out. Because two-on-two, they're really, really good. Oh, you wanted to play five-on-five basketball? Yeah, good luck. Also watching this series, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, don't sleep on the Pelicans. I will not be surprised by them again. If they were to go out, beat a Golden State, or beat a Houston, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. As well as they played in this series, and I don't know that they played perfect basketball, They just play really, really well at both ends. Anthony Davis was excellent. He wasn't even the biggest story in this. What if he actually takes over another series? Do not sleep on the New Orleans Pelicans. They are very, very sneaky. Final series over in the West. We have the number four Oklahoma City Thunder against the number five Utah Jazz. You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are the ultimate in, why aren't they better? Like, they should be better. They're not better. They have three household name all-stars on their team in Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Yet for most of this season, they just kind of limp along. Then on the other side, you have the Utah Jazz, who are the ultimate in, why aren't they worse? I mean, they lost Gordon Hayward. They lost Rodney Hood. They lost George Hill. Yet they just keep playing good defense. They just keep playing efficient basketball. The Utah Jazz lead this series 2-1 to one after they won both games two and game three, if Utah grinds out another win tonight, they will have the more talented Thunder on the ropes. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I'm looking at the series going, this is the haves versus the have-nots, but the have-nots keep winning. Makes no sense to me, but that's just kind of how both of these teams have operated this season. One seems to overachieve and one seems to underachieve. Should be a very, very good game coming tonight. Hey, coming back, we are going to switch over to the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs. We have a few series over there. They could be heading to a deciding Game 7 eventually. Just a quick reminder that if you do have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com 
forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. We have a new Loot Crate theme out for the month of May. May's Loot Crate theme, it's called Role Models. And when I say Role Models, I say Role Models with a question mark at the end of it because it features items from Arrested Development, Archer, Deadpool, and The Punisher. You know what? I, I might have to order this one myself. Hey, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. And you can order the monthly crate. You can order a subscription of crates. Or you can just go over to Loot Crate and order individual items. They have a ton of stuff over there, though. Make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Okay, we now switch over to the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs. You know, the past three seasons... The Cleveland Cavaliers have just run through everyone pretty easily, really, to represent the East in the NBA Finals. Can they do it again this year? I'm looking at these playoffs right now. Yeah, it's going to be tougher. A few teams have gotten better. And more importantly, the Cavs have definitely gotten worse. The East is shaping up to be a very, very close race this year. The Toronto Raptors look like they might be on the verge of sweeping the Washington Wizards. They won games one and two pretty easily, and we thought maybe, just maybe, they are actually going to keep this going and advance past the first round of the NBA playoffs. Not so fast. They laid a big egg in game three and got blown out by 20, and then last night in game four, yeah, they lost again. Now, a one versus an eight, Toronto versus Washington, This is a best of three series, and Toronto is choking in the first round of the playoffs yet again. Uh Uh-oh, this is going to be interesting because Washington looks like a different team when they are playing at home. So here's the thing, Toronto had better win game five because game six in Washington, yeah, that's going to be a very, very tough game for the Raptors to win. They better win game five just in hopes of getting to a game six and getting to a game seven. That's going to be their best bet. I don't know what it is about Washington, but when they play at home, they seem like a completely different basketball team. Toronto versus Washington, one versus eight. This could be headed for a seventh game. In our second series, we have the number two Boston Celtics versus the number seven Milwaukee Bucks. Now, this series is closer than a lot of people thought it would be. But it's kind of funny because most people thought it would be the number seven Bucks that would handle the higher ranked Celtics because of all Boston's injuries. Now, I thought Boston could still scrape together a win here. I just don't know if they can go any further. But Boston managed to win the first two games of this series at home. Now, Milwaukee has won their two games at home in games three and game four. The series is now going back to Boston tied at two. We know from history... When you win game five, yeah, it's going to be really, really pivotal as to who's going to win a seven-game series. Who is going to get the win on Tuesday night in Boston? We've seen a couple young players step up for Boston. Guys like Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier step up for Boston. And of course, we know with Milwaukee, we basically have Giannis Antetokounmpo stepping up for them. And then just a lot of kind of not real big name players over in Milwaukee just making plays here or there. Who is going to get the win on Tuesday night? I have a feeling that this series, yeah, it might be headed to seven games. I could totally see Boston winning on Tuesday and then Milwaukee forcing a game seven. This has been an entertaining series, 
like I said, I don't know that it's been that fun of a series to watch, but it has been very close. It has been very tight. In our third Eastern Conference playoff race, we have the number three Philadelphia 76ers facing the number six Miami Heat. You know, I thought that Miami could give Philly some matchup problems, but honestly, they really haven't lived up to the hype. They haven't found ways to win tight games like they had all season. And with Joel Embiid back in the lineup for Philly, it's starting to look like Miami just doesn't have any answers for them. Philly is now up 3-1 to one in this series. Here is a question I have for Miami. Where is Hassan Whiteside? Can we issue like an Amber Alert on this dude? Because for the last two, three seasons, I keep hearing how Hassan Whiteside is eventually going to be a star in this league. You want to talk about a disappearing act. Wow. David Copperfield has nothing on Hassan Whiteside. In four games so far in this series, Hassan Whiteside has a total of 24 points in four games. Six points a game? I mean, I'm here hosting the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. I'm averaging zero points a game, right? Hassan Whiteside has just six more than me. That's not that great. Now, Philly has a chance to eliminate the Heat and move on tomorrow night. Think about this. The last time the Philadelphia 76ers won a playoff series, they won it with leading scorers Andre Iguodala, Drew Holiday, and Elton Brand. My, how things change. Our final series, we have the number four Cleveland Cavaliers versus the number five Indiana Pacers. Hey, the Cleveland Cavaliers... They just keep looking more and more vulnerable this season, despite having the greatest player in the history of, you know, ever. The Cavs completely no-showed in game one. They needed a couple of breaks to win game two, despite the fact that their backs were against the wall. They were playing at home. Everything broke their way early. And then they still needed a little help down the stretch. They needed a couple of balls to bounce their way so that they could get that game two win. They gave up nearly a 20-point lead in Game 3 and lost. And then in Game 4 last night, they needed, of all people, Kyle Korver to step up and hit some big shots for them. Having said that, the Cavs do beat the Pacers, and they do even up the series at 2-2. So this is another series that could easily be heading to a seventh game. Now, I think, I think, Cleveland will still win this, won't they? I mean, LeBron is enough to carry this team past the Pacers, isn't he? But make no mistake, this Cleveland team is flawed. That's the bad news. What's the good news? Yeah, but the rest of the Eastern Conference is extremely flawed too. So Cleveland should be right in the thick of it one more time. Hey, we have a full week packed with more Daily Dose for you. We will, of course, be keeping you up on the latest and greatest in sports news this week. The NBA, the NHL playoffs, they continue to roll along. But don't forget, the NFL draft begins on Thursday night. We will be getting you ready for that as we continue through this week. Plus, we'll have some Daily Dose Power Rankings. We'll have some overreactions of the week. And as we always do, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5 on Friday. It is going to be a very busy week here at the Daily Dose. I have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose on your Monday. Hopefully, we are helping you plow through this Monday. For all of you that share the show, for all of you that retweet the show, that subscribe to it, wherever it is that you listen, that send in texts, that send in tweets, it is all very, very appreciated. 
If you are not subscribed to The Daily Dose, make sure you click that little subscribe or follow button wherever it is you listen so you don't miss a single episode. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.